Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Women Who Innovate on Blog Talk Radio. Women Who Innovate bring creative ideas to support the efforts of women to push limits, generate innovative solutions across industry segments, and drive long-term positive changes in gender parity. This show will explore the trends of business innovation today by tapping into those global thought leaders who are disrupting the status quo. Thank you for listening, and please join the conversation by calling in to 914-338-0796, because your ideas have never been more important. Welcome to Women Who Innovate. This is Leah Carey, and we have a fantastic show today with author and speaker Mark Babbitt. Mark has been named one of the top leadership thinkers by Inc. Magazine, recommended as one of the top 15 Twitter accounts every entrepreneur entrepreneur should follow by Business News Daily and recommended as a top leadership speaker by Inc. We are putting Mark, co-author of A World Gone Social, How Companies Must Adapt, in the innovation hot seat today as we look at social media and its impact in the workplace. Mark, welcome. Well, thank you, but you didn't mention anything about a hot seat, so <laughs> so be, be, be kind, be kind. <laughs> oh, oh! To you, this is this is a privilege. So, have you recovered from Biff yet? I have. I have. I, 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 I came back from Biff. Uh, as you know, I took my nine-year-old with me, which was uh, just a tremendous experience. And and it, seeing it through his eyes, seeing adults tackle tough conversations, tough issues with with grace and style and class. And this, that the solution focused mindset that we saw for two days, I got to tell you, it was a privilege for my nine year old to see that. And, and especially, you know, compared to our like political debates and the way we talk to each other on social media and reality television, all that, it was just, it was really good for both of us for two days to, to, to actually sit down and have real, productive, mutually beneficial conversations. It's the one conference I do for me every, every year. And, for our listeners, we're we're actually speaking about the Business Innovation Factory. So they have a summit every year in Providence in Rhode Island. And you will when you attend, you actually feel a surge of creativity for about a month after <laughs> after attending. True. So I know, seriously. So Mark, let's go ahead and get started. Um, you're very well known in the world of leadership as well as innovation. Share with our listeners who were your early influencers and Actually, what sparked your interest? Because you're a difference maker, but how did you get there? Well, I, I, my parents might tell you that I was born that way. I, I started driving them crazy at a very early age, and, and if if a if a normal kid asks why ten times a day, I asked it a hundred, and and I still do, and and it's the why question that drives me. I, I. You know, I grew up. My dad was a lumberjack in a lumber mill, um, you know, union operation, and and it, and even as a young man, I saw these inefficiencies and people that weren't happy in their work, and and leaders who were just barking out orders instead of inspiring action, and and you know, I had coaches as I started growing up that did the exact same thing. I went, wow, there, you know, there's got to be a better way, and and so. So, you know, me, uh, I got so thrilled with authority as a young man. Of course, I joined the military and and uh, that that went really well, as you can imagine. And then and then I got out and right when I got out, I read a book by Tom Peters in search of excellence. And 
And it was the first time I could remember um, as an adult or other that somebody was really trying to make a difference. Somebody was looking at the, the business world differently. And, and I went, Holy crap, this guy gets it. And, and this is who I want to be when I grow up. And, and so I, I idolized Tom and then eventually Stephen Covey and a whole bunch of other people that weren't seeing things through the same filter that, that most industrial age leaders were seeing through, seeing through. They were seeing through the human potential. And that's been my focus ever since. Wait, you know something? And I think that Tom Peters is relevant today as he was when he wrote his very first book. I, I absolutely remember at Purdue University reading his books and feeling that same inspiration. And I do today. It's, I, I, I think that he has ha- had such an incredible legacy for people like you and I. So as an author, and I have to say that um, I couldn't put your book down when I first started reading it. Oh, well, aren't you? Seriously, it was so well written, and it was like we're going through it right now that you're talking about the current workplace dynamics. What observations, when you were writing the book, surprised you the most about the contemporary workplace? Well, first of all, how much exactly how much the workplace has changed. And, and, you know, uh, most of your readers will know how a book goes. You start writing it um, three, four years ago, you finish writing it two to three years later, then the publisher takes a year or so to get it out. And then, so some of your thoughts are, you know, two, three years old before you, before they even hit the bookshelves, right? It's just, it's just the nature of the beast. And, and so we were talking when we first started writing this book about some of these issues, um, the, the way we're communicating now on, on social media, the, 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 the false sense of an, an, an anonymous um, that, that comes with it, uh, you know, the, the, the people, everybody having a voice, not just the CEOs, but, but even the newest intern having a voice because they can get on social media and say how they were mistreated today and people will actually listen. So some of these things that we were talking about two, three, four, five years ago now, and as we started writing the book, are, are really happening right now. And so it's actually fulfilling in a way to see those things happen. But it's also sad to see that, you know, the issues like social media fatigue and disrespect for each other online and all that, it, it is happening now. And, and, and we gotta, we got we to gotta figure out how to be good digital citizens. And I think that that's the biggest thing for me in the not just in the workplace, but in life in general, we have to we have to start treating each other as humans again. Well, I think you're right, and I think as far as social media fatigue, um, it's just like watching the news cycle 24/7. You will hit the stone wall, the brick wall, at some point. So you have to be so intentional about what it is you're posting and why, knowing why it is that you are engaging online. So I couldn't agree more. So as innovators. We tend to be very natural at cross-pollinating. And I, from the healthcare sector, I know I've taken my biggest leaps in growth when I find out what other sectors are doing um, to be agile for, for sustainability, strategically. However, when it comes to industry sectors, what kind of collaboration are you seeing um, across industry sectors? Well, here's what's fun about about social in this 
and and how digital not not just social media but think about online learning and and this cross pollination that's happening everywhere and we're learning from each other and it doesn't matter what sector we're in it doesn't matter what industry we're we're centered on it's we're learning from each other in in droves you know we're, uh, we're learning in industry what works for hollywood hollywood's what's what's learning what's working in the startup world and and there is this this cross pollination of of not just innovation but in original thought and and there's a difference between those two things right in innovation for many people tends to tends to imply you have to invent something or create a technology and that's not true at all some of the some of the most innovative thing i've seen i've seen over the last 10 years has been done on the back of a napkin just two people sitting down talking and brainstorming and having fun with it and and so i i I think that's the most exciting thing is even the most old school organizations take healthcare, insurance, um, the automotive industry. You see them looking around and going, dang, look what Taco Bell's doing over there on Snapchat. This is cool. Right. And they're actually bringing it into their, into their industry, into their sector. And they're kind of finally forgetting about that. You know, the way we've always done it syndrome, it, that isn't that isn't the barrier to success that what it once was. And it's kind of fun to watch. I think it is, too. And I think if we can um, get the sense of how important digital campaigns are, just go to the theater just go to the cinema this weekend and find the battle between, you know, Coke and Sprite and all of that. It's incredible. So so those companies that have not gone social. What should they be doing to capitalize on opportunities? I'm clearly some companies are missing out. So what do they need to do to close that gap? Well, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be, I'm just be brutally honest. It's going to be hard for some of them. Uh, uh, we, we old white guys, and I mean that quite literally old white males that have been in power for so long in a command and control autocratic structure aren't used to doing the the one thing that we must be really, really good at to innovate in today's culture, and that is listen. We have to actively listen to our customers, to our employees, to our peers, even to our competitors. We have to know what's going on out there. We can't we can't just be satisfied with dictating the message and and, and controlling or trying to control how people think. It just doesn't work like that. And and unfortunately, way too many CEOs are, they're still trying to do that. I mean, you see what's going on in the banking industry today with Wells Fargo. What a great example. What happened at Volkswagen? It's like, no, they'll, they'll believe what we tell them. They'll, they'll, never, they'll never discover the real truth. Well, maybe in 1969 that was the case, but we're in the social age now. And, and if you were actually involved with, with active listening, you would have never tried to pull that crap, Mr. Wells Fargo. It would have never even occurred to you to try and and defraud that many consumers from this arrogant autocratic position and and I think that's that's the hard part now here's the good news the, the, we're, we're seeing people all over the world wake up and go you know what and 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 this is the way the world works now social media is not a fad social media is not just a way to talk about what you had for lunch or the newest pumpkin pie recipe um, or how much you enjoyed that latte at Starbucks. This is the way people are communicating. This is the way people are sharing their knowledge. This is, this is how voices are being raised. And as a company, as an organization, as a nonprofit, we, we, we better start listening. Well, and I think you're right. I think CEOs cannot afford to be distant or aloof 
from the end users of their products and their customers. And I know it, it, I believe some CEOs have probably embraced social media, but clearly not enough. What would you say to that CEO who is sitting in front of you right now that you need to change your strategy and your approach to how you're going to be interfacing with the marketplace? Well, that's, that's a great question. And I, and I've actually had these conversations and, and for most CEOs, unfortunately, well, the first, the first line in our book is, is, um, goes something, something along the lines of uh, change is the result, the direct result of insurmountable market pressure. And, and so people, unfortunately, especially those old white males, they don't change because it's the right thing to do. They change because they don't have any choice. They're losing market share. Their their shareholders are unhappy. Their their employees are revolting. Unfortunately, for many organizations, that's when change happens. And 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 it's our job to change that. It's our job to help people realize that that when change happens with you or for you, it's a good thing. Um, yes, when change happens to us. Or at us, we we feel a little defensive. Uh, our our protectionism instincts kick in. Our survival instincts kick in. But but when we actually embrace this this change that's already happened all around us, then it, it actually it's actually quite liberating. Uh, and and from a leadership perspective, the thing that we're seeing most is the leaders will say, you know what? I used to think I had to have all the answers. Now I just have to ask the right questions. I got people all around me from the newest employee to to the most seasoned veteran that are bringing me really good solutions. I just never asked the questions before. And so it is liberating. It is more fun. It's a better way to work. And, and I, I think that's the message is just embrace the change. The tsunami's already hit us. The mess is already here. Let's, let's, let's clean up and rebuild. Exactly. Be that authentic leader because the everyday guy wants to see that everyday guy in leaders as well. So who would you pick? as the number one company that has embraced social media for, let's say, recruiting, growth, and engagement? Well, God, there's so many of them. I, uh, I, I love what many companies are doing. Um, and it's not the Googles and it's not the Facebooks because they didn't have to, they didn't have to reverse the culture, right? They, uh, you know, you walk, in, you walk through the, the Facebook headquarters like I had the opportunity to do a month ago during a speaking engagement, and, and it's just amazing what they started with and, and, and where they are now and how they've maintained the culture. It's in the, those older organizations, public utilities, healthcare, uh, medical, uh, you know, the, the, the old union-driven organizations. Those are the ones that are, that are really struggling right now. And so, so my eyes go there. When I see what Ford Motor Company is doing with, with and for their employees to engage them, to entice them, to inspire them. It inspires me. It's, it's absolutely, absolutely amazing what, what an old school organization like Ford has done to completely reinvent their workplace. Um, I, I'm also a huge fan of what IBM has done. I mean, Ginny Romney walked in there and said, yeah, we're 440,000 employees. And you know what? In three years, all of us are going to be social. All of us are going to be active listeners and and I'm personally going to make sure that happens and and so I mean it hasn't gone without bumps and trials and tribulations but but here this huge you know bureaucratic organization like IBM if they can change boy anybody can and on a smaller scale you see what um, Primera Blue Cross is doing up in Seattle or uh, Puget Sound Energy uh, you see these public utilities completely reinventing themselves and 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 coming at things from a customer focus first instead of a product or a service 
first uh, mindset, and it's pretty it's pretty inspiring. Well, you know, I, I think so, too. I love what you just said. Um, it's not the Apples. It's not the Googles. You know, one of my favorite campaigns, and I really need to check out their growth, that to this day I love the first time I saw the Like a Girl campaign. Uh, you run like a girl. And then they mm-hmm. got girls on, and they're like, no, this is how I run. And, and I know always is the um, creator of those campaigns that I hope – that they've done really well with that. And I hope that they have a culture that is great as their, their digital campaign. So. Well, I, they already are. It's, it's been quite, it's been quite impressive. And I, I'll tell you, uh, just if you don't mind me adding on to that just for a second, it's that yeah. human based approach that we're not just selling a product for 3% less than everybody else. We're actually appealing to the human side of business. And, and I mm-hmm. think that's where, that's where the big difference is, is I'm going to, I'm going to respect you. I'm, I'm not going to talk down to you. I'm not going to manipulate you. I'm going to talk about what's important. And I, and I hope you associate my brand with that campaign, with, with that, that stand that I'm taking, because I am, I am here standing for something. I'm standing up for my customers and, and I'm, I'm standing up for my community. And, and I hope you, I hope you see my brand that way. Well, you know, and I keep thinking the first time I met you at Abyss, I don't know, four years ago, we were all sitting mm-hmm. around a table at Inno Beer, and we all introduced ourselves. I think Angela Myers was at our table, and the first yes, thing you yes. said, you said, I'm a dad, I'm an author, I'm th-. <laughs> but the first thing you said is, is and, and you said, I'm happily married, and it was just like, there was your brand. It just came out. We had no prep. For this and it was amazing um, that you put that out there first well well that is who we are right i mean i don't know about you but i a long a long time ago i grew weary of so what do you do and it's like i'm not sure that that's that that. i'm not sure that i'm not sure that's the most important thing you need to know about me right i i'm the father of five kids i'm a grandfather too i got two black labs that are sitting uh, on my feet as we speak right now right i i i i i I love the the human side, and I that so that's where I connect first. And and well, if it turns out that that we're that we're compatible on a human basis. Now let's talk about business, right? Now that, let's talk about right. what we do, right? So. So what do you think Tom Peters would have said if he was at an inner beer? How would he have introduced himself? <laughs> Pretty much the same way, I think. Um, I'm actually Tom so. is Tom's Tom's a very reflective guy. Talk about an active listener. Um, so my guess is he would have, he would have uh, sat there and just looked at, made eye contact with everybody talking and then, it, and then eventually said something funny when it, when it came to his turn, rather than, than just blurt out the facts, he probably would have come up with something quite clever. Yeah, I know. I, I, this is good. So what going into 2006 or 2017, what are your four innovation words? What have they been this year? How are you going to change for next year? Well, boy, this is the this is a tough question. I I don't know if I have four um, because the the four that I used to believe so much in have become such buzzwords now. Uh, it's it's really it's really hard. So so let me, if you don't mind, rather than use four words, let me tell you the two questions that I try to ask everybody. And I I ask this as young good. entrepreneurs. I. I I ask, I, uh, we ask the people that we help at Forward Heroes, our, our nonprofit to help our military veterans tra- transition to civilian careers. I ask it at our leadership summits. I say, 
I say, you need to be able to answer two questions for me. Here they are. One, what are you really, really good at? Two, who will pay you to do that? And, ah. and if you, if, if you know, now think about how the, the question we always get, right? Especially as we're growing up, what's the, what's the, we see an ant we haven't seen for a long time. We're 11 or 12 years old. What's the one question we get? What do you want to be when you grow up? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. We hear that. Absolutely. Eventually it turns into where are you going to go to school? What are you going to major in? You know, what are you going to do after graduation? Nobody ever asks what we're really, really good at. And, and so I think that's, that's where we're, that's where I'm focused right now, because if we know what our personal mission is, what our personal value proposition is, how we can help. And then on the career side, on the professional side, if we know the customers for that, that delivery, that service, that, that niche, then, then man, we could start doing work we really enjoy. We can start doing the work we're really, really good at and, and go carve out a great life and then start doing, you know, passion-based projects on the side. So, so rather than four words, that's it. It's, you got to know what you're really, really good at. And if you're career motivated, you have to know who's, who's going to pay you to do that. And that, so that's our thing right now. Oh, wow. This is amazing. So I'm trying to think of what am I really, really good at? It has to be something with connecting and networking with people. You're doing it. So you're, yeah, you're doing it right now, lady. You're doing it. This is, this is, oh. I know this is what you're good at. Yeah. I need to give this um, to my next client. This radio show. <laughs> okay. So how do our listeners follow you? Because you're out there. You, you put out pearls every single day wonderful gems that people who are looking for jobs, who are executives in the workplace, how do they follow you? Well, I, probably the easiest is, is on Twitter. I'm Mark S. Babbitt, um, B-A-B-B-I-T-T on, on Twitter. I'm also on LinkedIn a lot. Um, and believe it or not, I actually, even though I'm, you know, a 56 year old white guy myself, I'm, I'm actually starting to enjoy Facebook a little bit more, except for all the, the political conversations. But um, bottom, bottom line is if it's, if it's social media, I'm probably out there. And then, of course, the site's um, uturn.com, uh, Y-O-U-T-E-R-N.com, and our leadership site, switchandshift.com. Uh, you can always find me there. Oh, thank you. And I have to tell you, you have to come back. We have to do another pulse of Mark S. Babbitt. I would love that. I would thank love you, that. Mark. And I have to tell you, I can't wait to see you next year, catch up with lots of face-to-face in real life at, at probably BIF. So thank you. You'll see a smile on my face. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Mark. <laughs>